How's everyone doing today? I'm so glad everyone's here, especially if this is your first time here. I'm so glad you're here. We love, I love the church family, but like Kyle said, if we haven't got a chance to meet yet, my name is Austin. I would love to get to meet you after service, so come talk to me. I'd love to talk to you, but I'm so excited to be able to speak today. I'm going to share a little bit of my own story, like Kyle said, and kind of what's next for me, give you a little insight of what I'm doing next, and then I'm just going to share what God has put on my heart to share today. But like I said, I'm super pumped to be able to start right here at River of Life, what God has laid out for me since the foundation of the world, which is to be able to preach on a Sunday, like I'll be doing a lot more of in the future. And I'm so excited for that, as God has called me to be a pastor. And it is so shocking to me that I'm doing it here. A lot of people don't know this, but I've actually been coming here for five to six years. Um, So I've been here longer than Corey and Micah and Karsten. (laughs) I've been here a little longer than them. But I've been, my family's been coming here, um, my mom, my dad, even my aunt and my uncle, they're over there somewhere, right over there, yeah, so they go over there, hi mom. <laughs> but I just remember as a young teenager, uh, my mom waking me up for church, and I'd be like, no mom, I don't want to go, mostly in the fall because I had to watch the Vikings, and then I had to watch the two-hour pre-show so the analysts would pick the Vikings, obviously, anybody else, come on, all right, come on. But it's so cool now. Here I am on this stage. It is so awesome what God does. Um, So I just want to encourage you guys with something. If someone you love has not come to church in a while or doesn't know God at all, um, like there's absolutely hope for them them kind of people. Ask my mom. Like she's like, oh man, my son's going to be a pastor. Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) But I've been having so much fun as an intern here at River of Life. You guys are such an amazing church family. Um, Like Kyle said, today is actually my final day as an intern, and I've had so much fun. So I just want to do something quick here. I just want to thank each of the pastors individually right now. So starting with Carson, who's not in the room. He's upstairs with the kiddos, and he is such an amazing uh, man of God. He has such an infectious personality, and it's so cool to see his uh, leadership with the kids. And it's such a great, uh, he's such a great asset to our church. So if you haven't got a chance to meet him, do yourself a favor and go meet that guy. He's super fun. Join his life group. He would love that. <laughs> so uh, next, I need to brag about Pastor Micah. As I've been interning here by far, I've spent probably the most time with Pastor Micah. He's always been in the office, and I just, I love the youth and his heart for the youth. But Micah, you're such an amazing man of God. Uh, you have such a genuine heart towards your family, your friends, your wife, and for the kids, the youth, and everybody else in this church body. And if I had one word to describe Micah, is kind. He just like oozes kindness. And it just shows, like if, you, if, anybody you know, if any of you know Micah, that's like right in his wheelhouse, he's just super kind. Um, but I'm going to miss you, man, so I just want to thank you for letting me be a part of the, the youth group. I had so much fun. Um, and another thing, Micah is the king of puns. His wife and the other pastors might not agree with me, but he's super funny. He's super punny. So have him, have him, have him, have him give you one. But <laughs> I love it. Um, and then the next person I need to thank is Kelly for dealing with Pastor Corey. <laughs> Where is he? There he is. <laughs> but for real, Corey, uh, you're such an amazing man of God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I lo- Corey, I just love your heart of discipleship and your willingness to make sure people reach their maximum potential with their own personal walks with the Lord. It's so cool to see. And I just want to thank you for the skills that you've given me. Like the one where you remember people's name. I still don't know how you do that, but it's such an undervalued skill, and I'm like glad that you taught me that. 
So just thank you again, Corey. I, I really appreciate you. All right, air hug. <laughs> and lastly, I just want to give a shout out to the big dog, Pastor Kyle. <laughs> Pastor Kyle. <laughs> I just never thought I'd be under you, Kyle. <laughs> but Kyle, you're so brilliant. I, I look to you as someone how to run a church, besides for Jesus, obviously. Um, but I just love hearing you cast vision for this church and how you want to just multiply this church and your vision. It's so cool. And I love your willingness to always just being teachable and your willingness not to hide your past failures in ministry, but use those as teaching points for yourself and for other people. It's so cool that you're so open to me. And it's so obvious that the Lord has blessed you and your ministry and your family because of your radical obedience to him. So I just want to thank you so much, Kyle, for the last seven months. So... You guys have such amazing pastors. I'm going to miss all four of them. But if you have a Bible, please open up to uh, John chapter 15. Uh, keep it open. I promise I'll get to it. <laughs> but man, I get so excited when I talk about Jesus. Jesus has taken a hold of my life and changed it. God's love for me is so invasive. Or it has taken me and beaten me and shaped me until he sees his son. Not because he makes me, it's because I just let him. Um, and I don't care if it sounds weird because I'm free of me which means I'm free of anyone else. And people can't take away what they never gave me, which is my identity in God. Um, but I always want to tell you how this has affected my life. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit of my own story. Um, and man, as I look back at my story, at my story it's, I'm just so happy to see that God has given me a story of redemption and just absolutely filled with the abundance of his grace. So before I start my story, I'm just going to pray here quick. So God, I just thank you for such an amazing opportunity. God, I just thank you that I get to do things because life with you is just so fun, God. We just thank you for what you're going to do today, God. I just thank you that the Holy Spirit would just be so alive and active in people's hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I grew up in Wilmer, Minnesota. Anybody from Wilmer here? Anybody? Oh, here we go, Donna. <laughs> so I'm from Wilmer, Minnesota. It's about 45 to 50 minutes south from here. I had a great childhood. I grew up in church, going to Royal Rangers and all that fun stuff. I lived right next to my best friend, playing baseball, basketball, football, video games. I was always at my best friend's house. It was super fun. But in 2007, my family moved to Sock Center, and I was about the fourth grade. And I went to school here in Sock in fourth and sixth grade. Um, but I wanted to switch schools because I just, I just really didn't like it. And I was just dealing with some minor bullying, not like super crazy, but just some minor stuff. So in seventh grade, um, I started at Osakis, um, and there's really nothing much to me to say about my first three years. I was just a regular kid. I got decent grades. I was a three-sport athlete. I played football, basketball, and baseball. My absolute favorite was baseball. And like, I don't mean to brag, but I'm a millennial, and I watched a, a full baseball game without picking up my phone once. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty proud accomplishment for me. <laughs> so life was good. I always had friends, and uh, Nothing was bad. I was in church once in a while with my family, and I felt fine. But when I hit to the summer before my 11th grade year, uh, that's when my life just kind of changed a little bit. Nothing just too drastic, but just a little bit. So I just started not being myself. I started going to parties and just going to my friend's house all the time and doing some not-so-smart things. I never, I never got drunk or like did some major drugs or anything. I like, maybe smoked like a cigarette and cigar and drunk like a beer, maybe. <laughs> not nothing, but for me, I was living something even worse, which was a compromised lifestyle with the world. And I was living a hypocritical lifestyle because I was calling myself a Christian and doing some of these things. So I just like started like not liking life for a little bit, even though I was having fun with my friends, but it just wasn't cutting it for me. So I just turned to other things like finding myself in what girls thought of me, what my friends thought of me. 
and just being a little bit selfish to myself to a point where at, at a time, I just didn't want to take, um, take time for my family. I shut myself down from my parents, and not to mention God. Um, what I cared about was did my friends and girls like me, and was I going to hit 300 my next baseball season? That's all I cared about. And I went off the deep end so much that I just started stealing money from my job. Um, I had such an identity crisis. I was leading Bible studies at this time. I was in the church, calling myself a Christian, but I was just living a totally opposite lifestyle. So I just remember coming home one day and just like sitting in my bed crying. And like, for like no reason, I wasn't like sad because uh, I, like, I, I felt bad for what I was doing, but like it was really the Holy Spirit chasing me down. And like this was without me like actively pursuing him. And because like God wants a relationship with you more than you could ever want one with him. And it's so, it's so true. Um, so I got saved about three and a half years ago around the fall of my uh, junior year and had a lot to do with meeting one of my best friends, Michael, who just graduated from the University of Northwestern and just got recently engaged this month. And so I went to his, his house for a Bible study, and he really just helped me along with, with God and just, just revealing to me that God actually speaks and just having some amazing parents who were pastors just kind of walked me along through life. And it was so cool what God does through other people. Um, and hearing God's voice actually and spending time with him was such a game changer for me. So like during my senior year, I just got a ton, a ton of passion for Jesus absolutely a ton of passion for Jesus. I started speaking at FCA, which is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. There's a bunch of them all around high school. It's one in Sox Center, some in Osakis. Um, and I also started, I had a Bible study for about three years with some eighth grade boys. Um, I was really close with them. They're, all, they're in 10th grade now, so it's really cool to see um, God just kind of moving through their life. It's really cool to see. Um, so. And this all, this all brings me to a point of one night I was uh, sitting in my bed and the Lord spoke to me through a vision. And through this vision, I felt so strong that God was leading me to be a pastor. So after high school, I was set out to do this. I applied and I, went, I got accepted to North Central. I went there for like three weeks, uh, but God had some other plans for my life. Um, so I went to a discipleship, cool, uh, discipleship school called YWAM. Um, YWAM is Youth with a Mission. There's a bunch of bases all around the United States and all around the world. Um, I was in Western Montana. Got a picture right here. This is my first day in Western Montana. If you guys know anything about Montana, the western part is super beautiful, and the eastern part, uh, not so much. <laughs> it's a lot like North Dakota. If you're from North Dakota, just sit in your seat, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I could talk so much about my experience there, but I'll just sum it up in this way. Uh, I got absolutely wrecked by God in the best way possible. I became so hungry for Jesus because I knew I was fully known and fully loved by God for three months straight and just getting to be selfish to myself and like just actively pursuing God, like not, ha not having to worry about anything, just like my own re relationship with, with the Lord. And so I just got to be in his presence every single day and just get to worship him all the time. It was so awesome. And then I had an opportunity to go on missions um, for about two months in Taiwan. Got a picture here? That was taken last Easter at Taipei 101. It's one of the taller buildings in the world. It's really cool if you ever go to Taiwan. Check it out. Um, but, and by the way, I wasn't even supposed to go on this mission trip, not even at all. I was, I was almost $4,000 short of paying for it. But one night during what was called the giving night that YWAM does, I got fully funded and I had even some leftovers. I had like $300 even left over. And it took less than five minutes. I was sitting and worshiping the Lord and like expecting to go home in two days. And one of the school leaders just walked up to me. He's like, Austin, why'd you even doubt it? You're going to Taiwan. Come on. So I got to go on this trip. I got to go to Taiwan 
for two months. It was so awesome. I saw people come to know Jesus for the first time and just get to be, love the people of Taiwan. And it was a, di a, bit, a bit different than most mission trips because um, we didn't build schools or churches. We didn't go to orphanages or schools that much, maybe like three days in combined. Um, and we also didn't even have a translator. Uh, but we, what we did was we did street evangelism. Uh, street evangelism. So we just like went out to the streets and just met some amazing people. And in my case, there was a local university just right by our living space. So I got to play basketball with the locals like every single day. It was awesome. I got to do ministry through basketball, which is so fun for me. It wasn't even like a mission trip. It was just like regular life. And it was so fun. So like because of my decision to go to YWAM, I just cannot live for myself anymore. It has to be all about living for God and loving people. And so like this kind of brings me to right here right now. As my, I end my internship, uh, I move on to the next phase of my life, and I'm super excited for what God is doing in my life. Um, I'm actually moving down to the cities to be a part of a college age slash YWAM alum movement that my friend, who I mentioned earlier, and a team of his have really pioneered, and I'm super excited to be a part of that community. The summer's going to be so fun for me. And then in September, I'll be going back to YWAM in Montana to be part of a Bible school called SBS, which is School of Biblical Studies. And what that is, is just rigorously diving into God's Word. You read the, the whole Bible like five times. Just, you just you study that thing. And it just teaches you to teach the Bible and do it really well. And so I'm really excited for that. And then after that, uh, I'll be doing another school in YOM called Titus. So that is pretty much taking what you learn from SBS, taking it overseas to teach pastors who don't have these amazing Bible schools, but like get to like teach them some, some of the own skills that you've made. So I'm super excited for that. And I'm going to countries where it's less than 2% Christian, so I'm really excited for what God's going to do through all of that. So that's my plan for about the next two years. So I just want to thank you guys for letting me talk about myself. But, uh, but um, I know there's people here rooting for me and wanted, wanting to champion me along my way. And I think that's super awesome. And that just shows the heart of the church body here at River of Life. But now I'm just going to dive into God's Word. So I'm going to need you guys to throw on your seatbelt. You're going to have to double belt it. If you're in and out of your Sunday nap, you might have to put a roller coaster safety bar on so you don't fall off the ride. <laughs> but today, I've messaged my, I titled my message, Fully Known and Fully Loved. So I had you guys open up to John 15 a century ago. So let's stand and we read God's word. So John chapter 15, starting in verse 14. Wait till you guys get there. Starting in 14, it says, You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So God, I, I just thank you, God, that you're here in your presence. Your Holy Spirit is here, God. So we just thank you that you just speak through me in such a miraculous way, God. We just thank you for every person in, this, in the church body and just show them how much you love them through this time. And we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can have a seat, give a high five to someone or an awkward side hug, whatever you want to do. <laughs> but for me, so that, there's no easy way for me to go into this, but uh, I'm, I'm going right after it. Uh, a lot of us have a misconception of the gospel See, a lot, of, a lot of us grew up believing this. We don't want to miss heaven. We need to do right. God's always watching us. God sent his son to forgive us of our sins. We're all sinners. We need to appreciate his death. 
and Christians feel like they need to pay Jesus back by staying in church and being a good person and just saying they're a Christian, but only when they're asked by someone. And this is the, this is the gospel that a lot of us know or grew up with. But looking at the scripture, this stuff is not the emphasis of the gospel at all. Getting to heaven and the forgiveness of sins is, even, is not even why God sent his son, just to forgive us and go to heaven. Jesus didn't die on the cross because I'm a sinner and God had enough grace left in him to, to save me and all of mankind. Jesus, he had, he had to die because mankind sinned, don't get me wrong. Man, mankind's sin caused Jesus' death. But the main reason Jesus died was not about the forgiveness of our sins. It's a part of it. The reason, we, the reason he died was for lo, what was lost in the beginning. He died so he could restore our destiny and our relationship with the Father and so that we could be in right standing with God once again. God's purpose of the death of his son was not so that we could be of service to him. It is so that we could be born again and be sons and daughters and go back to true intimacy with the Father just like Adam and Eve, Adam and, Eve and just walk in his likeness. In the verse we just read, it said, we didn't choose him, he chose us. So I just want to put a question here. So why did God choose us? And here's the, here's the answer. Because we had immense value to him. So immense he gave his only son. God created man to love him, but when man ate the fruit off the tree, man became in agreement to the liar and got cut off from the source of love, and the image and the nature of God died for man. So let's, let me just explain this a little bit. In the beginning, God created man. When he did that, he gave authority to man. Um, see, God didn't give the authority to the devil, but the sin of man gave the authority to the devil. So Jesus had to give his son so that we could be with him again and so that he can take the authority back from the devil and give us back to us. And if you think about it, God could have just taken the authority away from Satan if he wanted to and could be like, whoa, I learned a great lesson. Never give authority to mankind ever again. They're just going to screw it up. Um, which is why Jesus had to come. He was fully man and fully God. And see, Christ isn't Jesus' last name. The word Christ means anointed one. Last, uh, see, if he came down as God, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have needed the anointing because God is the anointed one. But since he was a man, he needed to have the anointing only because he wanted to give us an example of how we can live life as Christians or you could say little anointed ones or little Christ-like ones. And when, you th and when you think about what happened when man and God separated, separation happened because of sin, but restoration was never about God, it was never about God destroying sin because he already knew that it was defeated. But restoration only happened because God cared about the joy that was set before him, which was all of us. He cared way more about the lost relationship between him and his children than he did about man turning his back on him. See, God is love, meaning he says, I love you, but he doesn't wait for you to say it back. He's not like, I love you. Well, aren't you going to say it back? Come on, I died. It's not my son. Aren't you going to say I love you back? But like some of us here, and I don't mean to pick on anyone, but you say I love you to someone, and if they don't say it back, it makes us feel like, well, they don't really love me. They don't care for me. But like once you realize that Jesus has an abundance of love for you, you're not going to need someone else to say I love you back because you're already filled with his love. The whole point of Jesus coming is so that God can put his, his spirit inside of us so that he can be made manifested through his children and so that we can be in communication with him again and lastly walk in the image of his son. And a lot of us need to hear this. See, perfect love asks for nothing back. I'll read it one more time. If you're, writing, if you're taking notes, write this down. Perfect love asks for nothing back. God loves us so much, he even gives us the choice to follow him. 
He paid the highest price so that we could be free from ourselves. This even before we even said yes to him. When Jesus died, he fully, he fully knew that we would turn against him. But when he was bleeding and was nailed to that cross, he saw the joy that was set before him. The, the cross is the, not the revealing of man's sin, but it's 100% about revealing God's value, revealing man's value to God. The cross is not the revealing of man's sin, but it is 100% about the revealing of man's value to God. See, we weren't purchased with the blood of bulls and goats, by, but by the blood of Jesus. See, the value of something is always based on the price it was paid for. I'll read that one more time. See, the value of something is always based on the price it was paid for. And if you think of what Jesus went through and the price he paid, you should have a pretty good idea of your own value to God. And man, this is the realness of the gospel. Like, come on, it's so good. See, this is why the devil tries so hard to make people, especially Christians, think twice about their value and their identity. This is why we see Christians stuck in addiction and have major identity crises. I know way too many Christians that have anxiety, depression, and just feel like they're an absolute failure of life. See, Satan is the only one who's rejected and has the right to be because he's cut off from the source of love forever. He has absolutely no hope for eternity. And hear me, you got to hear me this. So, see, Satan is the only one that has the right to be depressed, angry, bitter, ashamed, condemned, guilty, and have absolutely no hope. Not the body of Christ. Not one bit. See, this is why he tries so hard to create his mindset in the minds, in the minds of the believers. But when you're fully of God, there's no place for those thoughts at all. So I just have a question for you guys. How would you treat a friend that lied to you as much as your insecurities and your fears did? It's a deep question there. See, we cannot think things about ourselves that God doesn't. See, the devil does not care you call yourself a Christian. He only cares when you know that you are fully known and fully loved by a living God. And once we know we are fully known and fully loved, we can't live for ourselves anymore. It has to be all about loving God and loving people. We must live in a way where we work out of love of the Father or else we will need the compliments or satisfaction from someone else to keep on doing what we're doing just to feel like we're okay and like, oh, we just need someone to say, oh, we're a good person. But this is not what a Christian is. It's working out of love. We don't get our identities from serving the Lord or doing ministry for the Lord. This is not what it's about. Because if we do that and don't feel appreciated from people, we will be more hurt than ever because we'll be always looking for compliments and the satisfaction from others to feel like we are okay with ourselves. And this is why it's so important to spend time with God in the quiet place so that we can become more aware of his voice and less of other people's voice and the enemy's voice. Because this way we will not need the satisfaction and compliment from others because we were already qualified and feel the satisfaction from God in our time with him. Meaning, we're not just reading our Bibles, but asking God to help, out, to help us live out what his word says and praying for less of God's favor, but more for his nature. In Matthew 6.6, 6, it says this, When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. See, God loves to reward us. Do you know one reason why God gave us free will? It's because he absolutely loves it. He absolutely loves it to reward those who are obedient to him. When we say yes to God, he loves to reward us. And man, he wants to reveal his will to us. Just like we read in John 15, 15, it says, 
I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Life with, life with God is so fun when you make it all about him. When you make it all about him, it's so fun. He no longer calls us servants, but calls us sons and daughters. And he wants his sons and daughters to rise up out of normality. There are people who don't know God all around us. And because of that, people every day are heading straight to hell. It sounds harsh, but it's absolutely true. But see, God has put his spirit in you so that you could change someone's eternity and help someone find their own value in God. And if you call yourself a Christian, this is absolutely 100% for you. There's no getting out of it. If you said yes to God, this is absolutely for you. You were made to know Jesus intimately, not just to know about him. And I loved what Michael Ingalls said in his baptism video last week. He said that he was done being a bystander, but striving to be an active participant. And man, that is the gospel. Man, we were made to be active with the gospel, not just to be a good person and wait to get to heaven. See, I just want to show you this quote. Heaven is our destiny, but living for God and people is the reason we live. Read that one more time. Heaven is our destiny, but living for God and loving people is the reason we live. See, Jesus doesn't find people as an inconvenience, so we shouldn't either. Every single day is an opportunity to shine. You are 100% the answer to someone's prayers. God's raising up people who know that they're fully known and fully loved and that they can stop Satan for a living every single day. Every time a person realizes they are fully known and fully loved by God, it only reminds the devil of, the, of an eternity of defeat. I'll read that one more time. Every time a person realizes they are fully known and fully loved by God, it only reminds the devil of the eternity of defeat and the separation from God forever. So at this time, I just want to ask the music team to come forward. So I just want to share one last story. Last year when I was in YWAM, um, during worship, the Lord just started playing over my life for me. He's like, he's like, awesome, look what I've done with your life. I'm like, Lord, that's awesome. I'm glad that you're doing something with my life, and I love it. And I'll never forget what he, tell, what he told me that, diet, that day. He's like, Austin, guess what? You're only 19. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be even cooler when I'm 60. <laughs> <laughs> But he tells me, like, you've only, hit the, you've only hit the iceberg, Austin. And then he gives me this vision of I'm in the forest, and I'm holding on to one leaf. And he tells me, this one leaf is a represent, representation of my goodness. And he tells me, take your hand off the leaf. Look at the tree. And then from the tree, look at the forest. And he, and he tells me this, this is my abundance of goodness. The only reason I share this is because no matter how young or old you are, there's always a new level of God's goodness you can step into all the time. There's always something that God wants to reveal to his sons and daughters because he loves us so much. So right now, um, we're just going to go into a time of worship and I just want to challenge you guys to let God speak to you. Let the giver of life breathe life into you. Maybe you're even angry at God. Like he doesn't care if you yell at him. He doesn't have identity issues. He doesn't care. He doesn't care when you yell at him. Like, like when, you, when you yell at him, he's like, oh my gosh, he's, they're actually talking to me. For real. So like, even if you're here and you just like, you know what, I don't, I don't want this God stuff, just go after him. I promise you that when you go into his presence, God will never leave you unsatisfied. 
I feel like I just got hit by a fire hose. Um, like, like seriously, Austin, one after another, these statements that just like hit me and uh, the value of something is always based on the price that was paid for it. That should say something to us about our value to God. Oh my goodness. You were made to know God intimately. Free will was given because God wants to reward us for our obedience. It was like over and over again, I want to be an active participant. I, I love this. So powerful. So challenging. And before we go today, I, I want us to just take a moment to kind of respond and with no one looking around here for just a moment, a time of reflection and, and privacy here before we go, I want to start here. Maybe you're here this morning and, and maybe you have a story a lot like Austin's where you went to church for a long time. Maybe you've done that, but it's never really became real to you. Austin had a moment with God where things changed and things happened and God spoke to him and God met with him. And it happens really when, when we surrender our life to him and when we make him Lord of our lives. And maybe you're here today and you would just say, you know what, Pastor Kyle, I have never done that. I have never given my life to God. I've never made God Lord, Jesus Lord of my life. And maybe you're here and you're saying, I want to take a step to do that today. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to lift your hands. And I want to pray for you. If that's you, I want to give my life to God today. If that's you, just quickly show me your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I want to make that decision. I want to, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Just a moment longer. Anyone else? I want us to say a prayer together. We, we, we do this every week, but it is such a powerful thing and uh, a heart thing between you and God. So everyone, please pray this with me. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins. In your name I pray, amen. God, right now, I pray for Austin. I pray that you would use him in powerful ways, God. I pray that as he continues to give you everything and commit his life to you and live his life for you and for people, God, I pray that you would bless him. I pray that you would take care of his needs. I pray, God, that you would do supernatural things through him, that people would find you, that people would grow in you, and God, that you would use him in just huge ways. God, thank you that we have gotten to know him. Thank you for this time we've had, and uh, God, we just pray for that. And God, I also pray for every person in this place that, that we would walk out of, of this church feeling valued by you, feeling on mission, uh, understanding you a little bit better, and knowing you more. And so God, we thank you for everything you've done. And it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen.